Are you concerned about the COVID vaccine and whether it's safe? Are there risks to pregnant women who are taking these shots? And what about unborn children? Are they at risk as well? I'm Mark Harrington, and you've tuned in to Activist Radio on The Mark Harrington Show. The Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can support our work by going to createdequal.org. So today on the program, we're going to be talking about the COVID, so-called COVID vaccine or the COVID injections or the COVID shot here on the program. We've dealt with this subject matter in the past when I've had Dr. David Prentice from uh, the Lozier Institute on the program talking about whether the COVID vaccine is safe. Uh, what about fetal, uh, how it was created or derived uh, using fetal cell lines, those kinds of things. Uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time on that topic today. We're actually going to be talking to a whistleblower, someone who works on a COVID-19 task force who has seen some troubling results as a result of the COVID-19 shot or the injections regarding pregnant women and unborn children. And we're going to be dealing with that primarily today on the program. And I have as my guest today, Tara Shaver, who is uh, who runs Abortion Free New Mexico and our whistleblower. But before we get to the whistleblower, Tara, thanks for being on the program and bringing this information forward. Sure. Thank you so much, Mark, for covering this. This is so important to get out there and we just really appreciate you covering it. Um, you know, at Abortion Free New Mexico, we are working to make the state abortion free. And so, so this is the effect the vaccines they're having on women and their unborn children. We need to make sure the pro-life community knows and the general public, because what we're seeing is very alarming. Yeah. And, you know, as we talked offline, we were mentioning how it seems that uh, much of the pro-life movement is in the, the, the dark about all this. They haven't even uh, they're not even aware of what's going on as relates to the COVID-19 injections and how it affects pregnant women. Uh, we're going to deal with that here in a minute with our whistleblower. But how did you find out about this? I mean, uh, this information. How did it come to you? Yeah. So we actually did have an anonymous whistleblower come to us um, because, okay. you know, a lot of people, again, don't know that there is actually a portal that's run by the government. It's called VAERS. It's the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. So a lot of people don't realize that, you know, there is a mechanism in place. If you have a vaccine and you're injured, like you're supposed to go to the you're supposed to know about this portal and go on there and report any adverse effects. So we have mm -hmm. scientists and doctors that are monitoring this database to see exactly what's happening. And unfortunately, the mainstream media is not saying, you know, the adverse reactions because, of course, they're just promoting these shots. Right. So our, mm -hmm. this whistleblower came to us a couple of months ago, and this is what got our attention, Mark. There was a 28 week pregnant woman that got the shot. And she actually got the Pfizer vaccine. And within two days, um, her baby was dead in the womb. So we're talking, you know, late term woman getting the shot and her baby dies within two days. And so, of course, we're in the late term abortion capital here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And so that really put us on alert. And so this whistleblower um, is giving us 
keeps giving us information as the numbers are updated in this database. And we're continuing to get the information out to the public so that people really know the truth about these vaccines, because really it's diabolical that pregnant women are being told that these vaccines are safe. They've never tested on pregnant women. And to be honest, you know, vaccine manufacturers, they're not held responsible for any adverse reactions either. So, right. you know, they people need to realize immunity. that as well. They're right. So, I mean, it's dangerous all the way around. And, you know, we we just really feel it's important to let people know when there is anything that is a threat to life in the womb. Tara Shaver is my guest. Uh, she is uh, she runs abortion free New Mexico and has been the recipient of some whistleblower information regarding the COVID-19 injections uh, and how it relates or affects uh, pregnant women and their unborn children. So, Tara, I want to switch over to the whistleblower and um, just bring her into the conversation here. Uh, Obviously, we're not going to give out her name, but um, she comes highly credentialed, uh, U.S. Army veteran, received the National Defense Service and Global War on Terrorism Service Medals, has a Bachelor of Science in Molecular Biology, a Master of Science in Nanoscience and Microsystems, as well as other things. Uh, We appreciate you coming forward and discussing this with our audience. If you would, um, tell us what's going on here. First of all, let's just deal with the question of the how the, these vaccines were derived. I want to get that off the table as it relates to the use of fetal cell lines, because I think a lot of Christians don't know that. Uh, and if they do, they don't understand the moral implications of it. Let's deal with that one first. And then I want to talk about how this affects pregnant women and their children. Okay, Mark. Yes. Thank you so much for addressing this. So I've heard a lot of people say that the mRNA vaccines are, quote, clean vaccines because they're not grown in fetal cell lines. Mm -hmm. Um, The J&J vaccine and the AstraZeneca are both grown in fetal cell lines. Um, For the Johnson & Johnson, they're PER-C6, which is the human retinal cell line from an aborted fetus. However, the mRNA vaccines were both validated in HEC-239 cells, which is a fetal cell line, a fetal kidney cell line from an aborted, um, I believe it was a female fetus. Mm, so okay. they're not entirely clean. Now, a lot of people say, well, this was long ago and far away. This was 40 years ago. It was one baby who died. Uh, you know, we use these, this fetal, these fetal cell lines to derive all kinds of medicines and vaccines over the years. Uh, how does that, you know, as far as myself or anybody that I haven't taken the vaccine, by the way, I'm not going to, of course, but uh, for those who I consider taking this, they feel like it's so far uh, removed from them that they have no moral uh, responsibility to it. How do you respond to that? Well, the fact is, if we compromise on this, when there are other options, we could we could all stand up and say, no, we're not going to take this. And then the pharmaceutical companies would have to do something else. They wouldn't have a mm-hmm. choice. Right. So by us justifying it or excusing it by saying, oh, it was so long ago, or, oh, there's nothing, there's no other options. We're furthering this, which is an abomination, in my opinion. Right. Well, and, you know, people say, well, it isn't going to lead to additional uh, babies being killed to create more cell lines because the cell lines are already there. But it, it, it basically gives uh, justification for the use of this type of science, which my wife and I long ago refused to take any vaccines or drugs that were derived using fetal cells. And I think as Christians, we should refuse to do that. 
Uh, but, you know, and now half the country's taken it. So and a lot of Christians have, too, unfortunately, and a lot of pro-lifers seem to not make this a big issue. But I don't want to spend any more time on that. If you folks, if you want to find out more, I've dealt with this on the program prior with Dr. David Prentice. I've also dealt with others with this. Uh, you got to make up your own mind on this one. Um, you know, I, as a Christian and pro-life activist, would not even think twice about taking the vaccine. And I think that's the position that we should be taking. But let's move on. Let's talk about the information that uh, Abortion Free New Mexico has brought forward as a result of the whistleblower. And so let's first discuss this, um, the animal trials and how they reveal a threat to the life in the womb. Um, so my understanding is there weren't animal trials in the United States. Is that wrong? Yeah, let me just clarify that right away. So okay. typically um, for a drug development or a vaccine development study, we would have a full preclinical trial spanning at least two years, and that would be done in two species. That would also include a full reproductive toxicity study. Obviously, since we went from benchtop to a human arm in 66 days, that was not done. However, there were some wow. small animal trials done at the same time as the human clinical trials were being done or previously performed using similar nanoparticles and different mRNA, basically, that they submitted to the governments to get the emergency use authorization. So these are by no means the normal adequate safety studies that we would do for any other vaccine or any other medicine. And so what do the animal trials reveal? So looking at the very small reproductive toxicity study that they submitted to the European Medicines Agency, what they found was two and a half times more pregnancy losses for Pfizer or for Moderna, I'm sorry, and two times more pregnancy losses for Pfizer vaccinated rats. And these were what they would call pre-implantation losses. That is an effect on fertility. They also observed for the Pfizer vaccine um, gastroschisis, which is where the intestines of the animal grow outside of the body. Mm. That's really catastrophic in um, human manifestations of that disease. Women are typically referred for abortions when that happens, sadly. No, I'm, I'm a novice at this. I think most of us are l listening to you. You know, this is uh, you're talking a lot of medical ease here, a lot of jargon. Uh, the animal trials are revealing problems, of course, with with unborn children and the defects and what have you. Mm -hmm. Why isn't it that the FDA now this is my understanding, the FDA did not put any kind of warning on the vaccines as related to pregnancy or the CDC? But correct me if I'm wrong, didn't the European, uh, our counterparts there, didn't they uh, include that concern in, in their information? This was just the information that the pharmaceutical companies submitted to the European Medicines Agency. I do not know whether or not physicians are informing their patients of this. I know in the United States, most women have not heard this and we have not been informed largely. I know the doctors, scientists have not been informed of this. Okay. In general. Uh, so as you sit on this COVID-19 task force, this information is coming forward. What is a COVID-19 task force? First of all, what, what do you do? What is your role on that? 
So the local COVID-19 task force that I'm on, our responsibility is to monitor the case numbers. Okay. We have a board of scientists, physicians, and politicians that look at the information that we have and develop policy. We look at the trends to see, for example, when the hospitals might run out of resources to make sure that we're ready for those kind of events. And so that's how you came across this information about it affecting unborn children, right? Correct. And so you contacted Tara, uh, apparently, and Tara got the information out. Uh, Tara, if you would, I mean, when you heard about this, what was your reaction? Well, I mean, to be honest, I'm not, I wasn't super surprised because like you, Mark, we know that about the use of aborted fetal cells and vaccines. And we know that, you know, we have a natural God-given immune system and anything that we put into our bodies can have an adverse reaction. And so we, you know, we weren't super surprised that we're seeing, you know, um, these adverse events with pregnant women. But what was more upsetting to me is that, you know, when a woman goes to her OBGYN, she's not being told about these, you know, about the potential harm to her baby. Cause we've had women come to us that are pro-life and they're like, Oh, I just went to my OBGYN and they offered me the vaccine, but they told me, you know, that they don't know anything about how it's going to affect me as a pregnant woman. And it's like, well, we have some data that's showing now, let me just say, you know, the data that was um, submitted to the European medical association, um, um, the whistleblower, she actually tried to get the information from our US FDA and they still haven't responded. So, you know, the, in America, there's a lot of cover, you know, right. and, and corruption, obviously. And so well, she's you, having do you to believe get this that information. Is, I mean, let's, let's turn to the whistleblower. Do you, do you believe they're covering this up? I can't answer that question. I, I know that's, I've that's contacted them and tried to obtain, right. I've tried to obtain this information and I've gotten no response. What data have you analyzed that raises concerns about pregnant women taking these shots and what are the risks to unborn children? And also what are the current numbers as of today? Okay, so I had mentioned on the Abortion Free New Mexico website, we have an article posted that shows all the birth defects that we're seeing in the rat pups, um, including skeletal malformations and other things like that. As of last Friday, which is when we get our most recent numbers, there have been a total of 458 reports to the VAERS of spontaneous abortions or premature rupture of membranes. Um, I know in the UK, that number is closer to 1,000 right now, and those are our, our most current numbers. Now, a lot of people say, well, you know, we had, uh, what, half a million, or I'm sorry, 500, how, how many million Americans have taken the shot so far? Forget is it 200, 200 million? 200 over 200 million. Million. So you got 200 million. How many pregnant women have actually taken the shot? We don't know, right? Correct. There's no data provided on okay. that number. But I mean, even the number 458 people might say, well, you know, there might be 100,000. There might be 50,000 women taking this. Not that it, you know, minimizes the uh, the loss of life, but that's what they do with other reactions to the COVID-19 injections. Mm -hmm. They'll say, well, these are... This is a typical, this is within the normal uh, risk level. How do you respond to that? What we've noticed when we plotted the time to onset, like the time to pregnancy loss after the vaccination, we've noticed that they're very closely 
temporally related to the time of vaccine. One third of all these pregnancy losses are within the first two days after receiving the vaccine. Another major concern I have is that it's very known, very well known that these nanoparticles that are used by the vaccination can go everywhere in the body indiscriminately. Yeah, They're stop just, right there. Just... Will you explain what that means? Because I don't know what that means, but I do understand that you know the shot is taken in the arm, right? Correct. Uh, isn't the vaccine supposed to stay there? Absolutely not. Okay, explain what's going on. Absolutely not. It is very well known in my field of of nanobioscience, and it was also submitted to the European Medicines Agency biodistribution studies that show that they found these nanoparticles in the brain, in the spleen, in the ovaries and testes. There's no reason to believe that they would not cross the placental um, barriers. What is a nanoparticle? A nanoparticle is a very, very small material. It's on the order of a billionth of a meter in mm. diameter. So it's very, very small. It can enter cells indiscriminately, um, unlike a virus, which uses a sort of lock and key mechanism to enter only certain cells. These nanoparticles can enter every cell type, including the neurons, including the germ cells, like the sex cells, which is very, very concerning to me. And what is the risk of it, uh, the nanoparticles going to other organs of the, bo- uh, of the body rather than just staying in the arm? So what these nanoparticles do is they cause your cells to produce the COVID viral spike. And they have what's called an anchor protein, which means that spike is going to be present on the surface of all your cells. Hmm. Your immune system is going to go attack all those cells that look like a COVID virus, right? So if your neurons are expressing that spike, what's to stop the immune system from attacking them? If your sperm or egg cells are expressing that spike, why wouldn't the immune system attack them? One of the pregnancy outcomes that we saw, it was very similar to when an RH negative mother has an RH positive baby and her immune system attacks that baby. It looked very similar to some kind of manifestation like that where her immune system was actually attacking the baby. And there's no reason to believe that that's not gonna happen because we know that these nanoparticles go all over the body and it's very likely that they're gonna cross the placenta. You're listening to your radio activists on the Mark Harrington Show. You can find out more by going to markharrington.org. We are talking to a whistleblower who works on the uh, COVID-19 task force and Tara Shaver from Abortion Free New Mexico about the uh, risks of the COVID-19 shot, uh, the risks generally, and also the risks to uh, pregnant women and unborn children. I'd like to ask the whistleblower a question. Uh, If this is true, and we're seeing these, um, you say 450 uh, miscarriages, uh, what do you, why do you think that's happening? One of the main reasons that this could be happening is because once those nanoparticles deliver the mRNA to the baby, the baby's cells or the placental cells could be expressing this COVID viral spike. And that's an antigen. That means it's something that the immune system is going to attack. So there's no reason to believe that the mother's immune system would not start to attack that baby or that placenta or her own body for that matter. Anything is now fair game for immune attack. And so how would it lead to a miscarriage? Well, if the immune system is attacking the placenta, clearly that would cut off the nutrients to to the baby. Um, one of the one of the pregnancy losses, it looked like 
the immune system was attacking the baby's platelets. And it looks like the loss of platelets is what caused that pregnancy loss. I can't speak to every single one because obviously I haven't performed analyses on, on the on the bodies of these of these children. Right. Um, probably so, the practitioners listen, can speak to that. I, I want you to take action. This is information you're not going to get anywhere else. This is information that's being um, suppressed, and uh, the FDA has been unwilling to respond to the concerns regarding how unborn babies uh, are dying because of the COVID-19 uh, injections. And you can find out more, uh, and this is what I want you to do. Go to abortionfreenm.com, and there are the website. The, on that website, there are the articles that have been written regarding this. Uh, some of the testimony of the whistleblower, some of the information that uh, she has drawn upon to to come to these conclusions and spread this information far and wide. Pregnant women should not be taking the COVID-19 injection. Bottom line, that's it. Uh, that's what we want people to understand. So, Tara, uh, if you would, I, we want to turn to this other issue. Now we are testing uh, the COVID-19 shot on children. Apparently, there are concerns there as right. well, and that is not being uh, that, that information is not getting out either. Right. Well, let me just say, you know, everyone that is taking the shots right now, they're part of the experiment because these shots are experimental. So right. um, everyone is part of this. So the sad thing is, is, you know, we're seeing the implications in pregnancy, but we're also seeing that now they've rolled it out to children who are six months to 16 years old or, you know, at least six months old. And so um, the whistleblower has also been kind of keeping an eye on how these shots are affecting children that are born, that are young, that again, these vaccines have not been approved for. So I'll let her speak to what she's seeing. I just wanted to make yeah. one note about the VAERS because you did question the numbers. The VAERS numbers that we report on is only 1% of the reactions. Um, so just keep that in mind. The numbers are much bigger of the, the adverse events. Um, and we're only seeing maybe 1% of those. So I'll let her speak uh, how, to what let, she's seeing in the children. What do you mean by that? 1%? You're only seeing 1%? Well, because VAERS is a, the reporting system that we're getting all the data from is voluntary. You know, okay. most people don't even know about it. So, okay. you know, what we do have on there is maybe 1% of the total because, you know. So it's being underreported. All right. So let's turn to the whistleblower. What do you believe the... Uh, the concerns would be for children, born children, receiving these clinical trials of the COVID-19 injection? So the most recent data I have from VAERS recorded about five or six pediatric deaths, and these were post-vaccination cardiac arrest, and they're also very close to vaccine administration. So that's another concern. There was also a five-month-old baby who died from another platelet clotting disorder whose mother had been vaccinated and was breastfeeding the baby. Yeah, I did hear about that one as well. So uh, if you would, we've got about a minute left. I want to, the whistleblower to wrap this up. If you would speak to those who are considering taking the COVID-19 uh, injection generally, and also speak to the women who might be pregnant who would consider taking this. I would like to let everybody know to please do your research. You can look at some very good websites that are not run by the government, such as vaccineimpact.com. Of course, go to abortionfreenewmexico.com. Also, childrenshealthdefense.org is another very good one. 
do your research. This is unprecedented. We've never injected people with nanoparticles on a scale. We've never rushed trials like this. This is one-tenth of the amount of safety testing that's normally done. Please, please, please do your research before you do this. It can't be undone. Well, I appreciate that. And and Tara, if you would, uh, one last word. We appreciate you listening and having an open mind. And, you know, we're all on, we need to err on the side of life. So um, just, again, do your research and question everything. And uh, God bless everyone. You've been listening to Radioactivists. And folks, if you want to find out more, go to abortionfreenm.com. I've been talking to Tara Shaver today and the whistleblower who works on the COVID-19 task force, talking about the uh, risks that the COVID-19 injection poses to, to pregnant women primarily and their unborn children. So we'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember, you've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to MarkHarringtonShow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.